Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fly the Coop. I am your host, Carrie Ann Carter. After 22 years in the real estate business, I've seen my fair share of people, stories, and experiences fly the coop in one way or another. This podcast is all about telling those stories. Let's jump into the coop. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fly the Coop. We're so excited today to talk about investments with you. And in the house, we have Joe Shock, who happens to also be the father of our most new member of the team, Maddie Madeline. And we are so honored to have uh, Maddie on the team, Joe. She's just a lovely young lady. What an honor to meet you in person. We haven't had a chance to meet. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Excited yeah. to talk a little here, Carrie Ann. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. So when I met Maddie on her first interview, we were together for like 90 minutes and it was fascinating listening to her and how she is working with you in such a really cool symbiotic way with your investment portfolio. And I thought, what a awesome opportunity um, to talk about what's been a common conversation out there around investments and what does that look like as a small player and somebody who owns many doors. So mm -hmm. let's just delve right in, Joe. How many doors do you own in the Twin Cities and when did you start your investment portfolio? So I started I uh, started buying in 2003. Uh, I bought a single family, two bedroom single family home in the West 7th area. And then I picked up a four bedroom home in 2004. And then I did nothing until about 2018. Um, decided I was going to focus on my other career, which was uh, directing television commercials. Wow. And um, so we, so I focused on that. And then in 2017, I just honestly uh, wanted to take more control of my income, mm -hmm. uh, rely less on uh, people that uh, were making decisions of whether or not I would get work. I was still a contract worker. Okay. Um, so in 2017, uh, I was also fed up with our financial planner and the retirement funds. So I transferred all of our uh, retirement funds into a self-directed IRA okay. and uh, sought out some education on how to invest and educate myself in 2017 and 2018, started buying real estate to uh, flip and to hold and some to hold as rentals. So now we have... Uh, 32 units as uh, holds, and wow. uh, we've done maybe uh, mid 40s in terms of uh, rehabs and stuff since, since 2018. Wow, that's impressive. Full time job. So, do you did you build out your own contracting crew to work with you, or do you collect your own team so, each time? Yeah. So, well, it's so it's funny. Um, being in film production for years and years, it's mm -hmm. it was a very complementary industry in that uh, you get a project, you assemble a team, mm -hmm. you do the project, you know, you get the financing, you assemble the team, uh, do the project, and then you pay and you move on. So right. that's kind of what I do is, uh, you know, my my philosophy is I don't want to have any employees. Right. Um, and <laughs> I'm I'm trying to build. Yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to build this as a lifestyle business, not mm -hmm. a not a business business. My my goal is to be able to travel, you know, three four times a year for a couple, you know, a month or two at a time or something, and right and just uh, relax. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so 
in my, so a lot of people don't know pre-recession, we were just talking about this. We were doing, I was doing quite a lot of commercial and residential investment and it's all over the board. Like you get a lot of different personalities out there that want to dabble, some very small, some much larger. So you've got a compilation, I'm assuming of single family, you just mentioned and multifamily, you're doing both multifamily and single or only single family. So kind of my philosophy now is that I flip single family homes mm -hmm. and I, I hold multifamily. So um, my portfolio now though, looks like I have two single families, a couple townhomes, a condo, and then the rest are multis. Okay. The rest are multis. And in your yeah. opinion, cause I do get this question a lot. So as an expert investor, what would be one of the challenges that you'd be who's an expert? <laughs> oh well, all it's always a learning curve, right? Like yeah. learning yeah, when man. investing. But there are a lot of I have several investors in my sphere, and people will be very blunt and super honest. These are the pros and these are the cons. Like this is what you need to be prepared for if you really yeah. want to delve into owning doors and being a landlord and all those things. Do you manage your own buildings or do you sub that out? I manage them. Um, and I, I have tried. Three times I've tried uh, third-party property management firms. Yeah, and I I just haven't had luck. My my view on that is that it's a flawed business. It's a it's a flawed mm -hmm. structure, and that I mean mo most property management firms will make their biggest nut when they turn the property over and place a new tenant. Right. So there's inherent motivation for them to turn the property over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So if you were, let's yeah. start with the good, bad, and the ugly, let's start with the ugly first. If you were to lay out like the bigger challenges in being a landlord and um, acquisition and ownership of investment, what would it be? And then we'll go to the good stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, so the tough thing, excuse me. So the tough things are once in a while you get a bad tenant, you mm -hmm. know, once in a while. Uh, <clears throat> I've learned to screen pretty well in mm -hmm. screening makes all the difference. Agree. Um, whenever I've run into poor tenants, it's a hundred percent my fault and mm -hmm. that I didn't screen them at, yeah, I did screen them well. And, or, you know, most of the time it, I fell for some sob story mm -hmm. or, you know, some Easy type of thing do. like that. Yeah. 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 And, um, so that that's, that's most challenging, um, in terms of management of the tenants and stuff. I, you know, if I have a handyman, uh, at, up until about a month ago, I had a, a VA that was handling most of the kind of tenant interactions, things like that, and the maintenance requests. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, we're interviewing for an, another one, but, you know, so if you can build a team like that, right. The actual day-to-day -day management, you know, it can get cut down to maybe an hour if that, you know, right. Uh, right. So it's not a big impact. Um, the, uh, in terms of acquiring properties, it gets a little trickier now with higher interest rates. I'm a big bird guy. So of the 32 units that I have, I probably have maybe 10 to 20 grand of my own money into them. Right. Um, everything else was with other people's money and bank, you know, just pulling, pulling the equity out once it's all rehabbed and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so the challenge, uh, now is because of higher interest rates is those deals are a little tougher to come by. Right. Um, but they're still out there. They're still out there. I've, I, you know, I'm working on two right now. So, 
So lay the foundation because a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their brain around that. We, I, we talk about that quite a bit in coaching wrap, um, put in the simplest way you can, how do you leverage other people to buy real estate? That's how we'll phrase that. How do you leverage other people's money to start your investment portfolio? I think people are fascinated by how that works. And even with an explanation, they struggle with it. Um, Tough question. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the best way is to find a deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, the best way is to find a good deal mm -hmm. and to offer, offer a good, a good investment to people. I mean, yeah. if, if, if it's a good investment, you'll find somebody to help you out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then uh, I also feel like, not asking directly is kind of a key strategy. Mm -hmm. So in other words, instead of saying to somebody, Hey, I have this great investment. Do you want to give me money for it? You would say, Hey, I got this great investment. Here's the returns I'm offering. Do you mm -hmm. know anybody that might be interested in achieving a return like that? Right. You know, and I have invested, I have investors that are looking for a higher return because they're looking for a short term placement of their funds. Mm -hmm. And then I have, investors who are willing to go a little lower on the return, but they want a longer, uh, you know, they want a longer time frame, and, mm -hmm. and they also only want like an interest only payment because they don't want to touch your principal. Mm -hmm. So it really, like you got to listen to the potential investor, what works for them, what makes it a win for them. Right. And then, and see if that, you know, fits in with you, what you're trying to do. Absolutely. So we know that 40% of the country right now, Joe, owns their property, whether it be investments, multifamilies that they've owned for 40 years or their personal homes, uh, they're, they're full equity, 100%. And it's an area I specialize in personally, life transition. And mm -hmm. a lot of these people don't know where they're going. So that's why we have, I attribute a big part of our backup um, in terms of inventory, generally speaking, to two things. A, half of the country doesn't know what they're going to do because they're empty nesting. They're cash heavy, right? They've got, they've been in their right. home a long time. They're conservative thinkers. And many of them, at least in our part of the country, we're going to talk about Minnesota, do not want to leave the roots of our state. They're, it's very a very family-driven um, state, but they also don't yeah. endure the winter we just came <laughs> off of, right? Yeah. Okay, so we've got yeah. that whole thing. And then, of course, we have a lot of these people who are mom and pop investors. So the question I have for you is CDs, because I am seeing a resurgence right now of contract for deeds because these people do not want to be cashed out. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, if it works for them and it's it, it achieves their goals, why I, I'm not sure. As an investor for you, for, would you for, say for me? For me would I purchase on a CD? Yeah. No. No. So explain no, to the audience no. why you wouldn't do that. Because they're wondering, like I have Be people ask me this question quite often. Yeah, I, I because I want to I want to own the property that I have. I uh, if I, if I make improvements to the property and for some reason that goes back to the farm, I'm I'm out all that money. All that I'm, money. Mm -hmm. You know. It is a risk. Yeah, I'm I'm screwed, but yeah, the the other way the way that I've worked that type of situation though, is to do, you know, like an owner, a seller financing where I, they mm -hmm. act as a bank. I hold title. And then I'm just making, it can be kind of the same dynamic that sellers Correct. into it. Yeah. That's why I'm asking the question. Cause I knew you probably come up with that answer, but I think as an investor, it's cool. 
from a realtor's standpoint, great. We're fueling and providing those answers. But from a true investor's viewpoint, I think it's great for an audience interested in exploring this to understand like the fundamentals. Like we all surfaced well in the world of having yeah. a conversation around investment. But when you really yeah. dive into that conversation, I think this is a good one because we do have a huge volume of inventory up there that is going to be waving through, like it's going to be coming and a lot of it's going privately. So this is mm -hmm. a conversation around private sales because of the work you're doing paired with what do you do when they don't want to get funded out? Like they don't want a big lump sum of money. And I think that would mm -hmm. be going a little deeper on. So let's extend on that. Like how sure. does that work? for you? Um, so a, a couple different things on that, because I, I have a couple of deals, a uh, couple of properties right now um, in, in our inventory that one is a pure seller finance. One is the, like a combination of a subject to slash seller finance kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's all about the owner, you know, the seller didn't want to take that big chunk of money. They didn't want to take that tax hit right right away. So instead of taking it all in one year, they able we were able to spread it out over several years. Right. Um, so and and that so that helps them. It helps me because you know, especially with the rates going up, mm -hmm. you know, I I get a better uh, I I get a better rate basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you can approach it in two ways. One is. Um, I always offer sellers, I always offer them a cash basis. Uh -huh. People are willing to finance. Right. I offer them uh, seller financing with an interest only payment or seller financing with a principal only payment. Mm -hmm. the, the, the principal only is usually a higher price. Right. But it's a better deal for me ultimately. Right. Very cool. You could turn you could turn this whole thing into a funnel, you know, and teach people how to do this, Joe. Because <laughs> there is a trick to the trade, right? I mean, you spent, let's talk about this. You spent um a year of your life. We just talked about it, I think, on on podcast, right? Or was that a private conversation? You spent a year studying um yeah. how and where and what to do with this. Well, or even delved into it. Yeah. So I went through you know, one of those education programs where you pay it uh, s ton of money mm -hmm. um, <laughs> for it, and and I have no regrets on that because mm -hmm. it it absolutely gave me the tools to be able to go in and hit it, hit the ground running. Yeah, I, I've I've more than paid for that membership, um, and I've just spent another two and a half years in a different mastermind. Um, you know, continuing the education, continuing to be able to get into this group of investors nationwide mm -hmm. that where I can bounce ideas off of. And and so that it's not that I just spent like that first year kind of prepping and gaining all that education. It was that I, I spent a year getting enough of an education so I could enter, get my foot right. in the door. And yeah. then the rest of that time, continuing to educate and networking and meeting people and asking questions and just continuing to always, and that's the beauty about this industry is that yeah, I there's know. so many, there's so many different ways you can make money. Oh, I know so many different ways, so many different ways and being yeah. creative and being willing. I think that a lot of people are just afraid because they yeah. don't know. And yeah. they use the excuse. I'm too busy. I don't have time yeah. to figure this out. 
And I think that it's worth at least, you know, what 95% of the listeners will find it fascinating to understand the dynamics and the underbelly of what Joe Shock is doing, but acting and listening are two different things. And even if there's one nugget, I always call it a learning lesson. And even if that means they're acquiring just one piece, you know, of real estate and then decide to dapple and do another one the next year, to me, there's plenty to go around. Like there's a lot of real estate to be bought and sold out there. Mm -hmm. People don't feel that they don't see it, but it's there. It's being willing to seek it out. I call it. Yeah, man, I do seeking it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I 100% agree with you, Carrie. Ann. I mean, there's like, there's no point in, in being in the mentality where there's just a limited amount of resources or deals out there. Right. It's, It's an abundance of opportunity for everyone. I mean, there's no reason to hoard anything. No, I'm, I'm happy to talk with anyone to go to, you know, well, maybe not go to lunch because that, that can turn <laughs> into a three hour deal, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. but I'm happy to talk with people and I I've walked, I've mentored several people and, and, and I, I don't, I didn't charge for it or whatever. I just, you know, I, I like doing it. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you like, you, you like real estate. Passionate about it. Yeah. yeah. Passionate about yeah. it. And I find it fascinating. Um, and because we personally have been, I've been so invested in the company with mm. um, the growth model and the team, which is expensive to do, frankly. Yeah. And yeah. I'm investing in uh, projects, personal projects. I'm actually at age 54. And I'll be perfectly honest. I wish I had started a long time ago and now I'm delving in this year, full throttle. Mm. And yeah. um, because now it's time. Now I can put yep. time and focus by the end of this year and you know, we watch all of the different market shifts over a 20 year span and the opportunities. Like I bet you wish in 2008 and nine, you were buying up oh, really. <laughs> I know I wish I, but you got to be for it, right? You got to be ready for yeah. it mentally, emotionally, financially, all those things are real. So we talked about the, the component of, um, identifying, who your tenant is. And that is one of the biggest challenges, which you're absolutely right. One of the biggest challenges is finding the right tenant, because at the end of the day, this is an energy and personality and, you know, getting the wrong person aligned with the wrong space can be really, really a hard thing. Right. And mm-hmm. we all know there's a lot of struggles out there. So that is a big challenge. And I don't disagree with you that the management companies out there, there is a bit of a miss on the fundamental daily routine of properly managing a piece of real estate. And I have yet in the 20 years on a large, like high scale, when you look at the management companies out there that are running the big buildings, right? The big project, Mm -hmm. there's that. That's kind of a well-oiled machine. But for the personal investor, pretty much every investor I know had bring it in house. Mm -hmm. I like what you and Matt did, right? She's, you're doing a little bit of VRBO with some of yours. She's handling staging. You're doing your own photography. You've put your own pool of people together to take care of them because you tested the ground and it just wasn't going the way you wanted to go. And it becomes more of a, it becomes more stressful and more work outsourcing Mm -hmm. than just managing it, which I hate to say that because I'm all about, you know, delegation. They say you can't all alone but you putting your internal team together, which is what I'm trying to get to. The internal team is an option if you're willing yep. to build it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's really important. I mean, for, for us, 
we we like to think of our tenants as clients. Mm -hmm. So we, we want them happy. We treat them well. We try to address any concerns they have, you know, immediately. And uh, we, you know, the goal is to keep those tenants for, you know, three, yeah, for three years at least, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I went from an average of a one year turnover with property management firms to now my average tenancy is like three years. So, so that goes, and that's, back, that's money. <laughs> so that goes back to your earlier comments. So one of the Achilles with outsourcing to a management company is really, they want to turn over. They yeah. want to turn over annually. They're not trying to keep a long-term tenant. That's a good yeah, and, nugget right there, everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's a deal. And, and mm-hmm. they, you know, they make their money and they also make their money. I, I had, it's a well-known property management firm in the cities. I had the management managing a house and they, this woman had a clogged toilet. Mm-hmm. They went back, they went back three times mm. and charged her like 185. And this was a oh. woman that, you know, yeah. she couldn't afford 185, three times, right. Uh, you know, it's 600 bucks to get a, And they, ne- and they never fixed it. She moved, she moved out. I hired a company to come in. There was a little makeup compact that had been, you know, gotten down in the toilet or whatever. And how did they not find that? How did they not, you know? Well, and I think that in this world of, you know, how do you say specialization and finding quality labor and quality help to me, I don't know about how you feel, Joe, it's gotten highly complicated, like workforce and finding really good um, outcomes quickly and efficiently. And then yeah. I call it the umbrella knowledge that used to exist. That's now become so specialized and then finding those specialists, if you will, like a good plumber, a good electrician, like you used to have a handyman that used to be able to mm-hmm. do everything. It's hard to find mm-hmm. those guys. Now they're just, you know, they're dying. <laughs> they're not around yeah. anymore. Now you've got these micro talents and yeah. finding them is hard. So you are running at a high risk of frustration when you try to outsource that stuff because you don't have control. And after three plumbers and $600 later, none of them could figure out there's a makeup compact in the plumbing. Like so easy. Times a million. Times a million. Yeah. what, What I would say, though, is that in this case, I'm not, you know, I think it was an in house guy with the property management firm. Right. And, you know, for them, again, they're making money every time Mm -hmm. they send that guy out there. There's that guy's costing them maybe 25, 30 bucks an hour. Easily. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, they're, they're making a good, pretty good spread every time he goes out. Yeah. I think to the listener, my takeaway here and people are going to do what they're going to do, but I would highly recommend if even you're, whether you're doing one or a hundred doors, when I say doors investment, you know, as you're building an investment portfolio, uh, really spending the time and building your own team is worth its weight in gold, in my personal opinion. That's what we're doing agree with on you. the team. Yeah. We're building, we have a massive team. Like I will hundred percent own. There is no way I can do what I do by myself. I yeah. have had to delegate like crazy. And yeah. we have for years, like 20 years of relationships in this city and hundreds of resources so we can be concierge for our, for our clients. It's not an overnight thing. And those Mm -hmm. relationships all have to be nurtured and loved on. 
right? You got to take care of these people because the good ones are far and few behind, uh, between, in my opinion, finding really good talents, difficult to do. So on that note, let's go to good. What's the best part of being an investor and owning doors? What's your favorite part about it? Two things. Uh, one is the autonomy and the independence. You know, I, I no longer have to wait for somebody to give me a job to earn some income. Mm-hmm. I am, I have, you know, been able to structure something now so that our main source of income is our, our, is our rental properties. Mm-hmm. Every flip, every flip is kind of a bonus. Um, and then if I, when I, you know, direct a commercial, that's another bonus. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a good deal that way. Um, that allows me just to be, to do other things better because I'm not so focused on generating income all, all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the, the other thing is, is that, uh, so my, my company and my marketing side of the company, the brand is solve my property. And, and part of that is that we enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy helping people. Mm-hmm. I enjoy people. I enjoy helping people who are in a tough place with their home and can't, you know, it's too beat up for them to sell on the open market. They don't know what to do with it or they're under a timeline where it's potentially going to be demolished. Yeah. And, uh, and we can come in and help them fix the home up. We usually have them back through so that they can see kind of what was done. They love doing that. We had a, a lady that, uh, the home was just riddled with mold. It was, uh, you know, skylights were leaking and uh, she oh was a hoarder gosh. as well so everything that she had hoarded had gotten moldy and i mean it was just awful and uh when oh. when i purchased the property we were in at the closing and she after the transaction was closed she looked at me and she said joe i got to tell you something she said uh i you know a couple years ago i went out and i bought a big thing of groceries and you know, put it in the fridge. I was going to make this beautiful cake. Um, and she said, I, uh, I duct taped the refrigerator shut and I haven't opened it since. Wow. And that, so we, we had seen the refrigerator obviously, but we didn't know it had been in there for two years. Right. Yeah. So it was anyway. So, uh, we did the house and she came, she came back through and uh, she had lost what, sent her into the tailspin was that she had lost a friend uh her one of her sons over in afghanistan okay so she got emotional stuff there going on absolutely so anyway so when we finished the house i had her back through she brought her other son back through okay and they walked through and they started remembering how they lived in the house how they ran in the yard how they all that stuff yeah and it just transformed transform the memory for him, mm-hmm. you know? Oh my God, really, that's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. People have that gift, Joe, you know? I mean, there's very few um, out there that are able to walk into something like that and navigate it, not think, think oh, we got to tear it down. It's not uh, salvageable, right? What a yeah. gift to be able to salvage something that definitely still has beauty and be mm-hmm. able to create it for the next person. Yeah, Especially right. Time when housing is really, you know, I'm sure you know these analytics, but we're so down nationwide with our housing units. Yeah. Because the builders um, underestimated what we need. 
And mm-hmm. we have to factor in homes that simply aren't going to stand the test of time that need to come down. Mm-hmm. We have more buyers out there than we do sellers <laughs> and we don't have enough housing period. So when you can have, you know, going back to abundance, um, teaching people how this works, if they have the creative and the bandwidth, right. To be able to do it. Yeah. What an yeah. opportunity for so many yeah. people. What an yeah. opportunity. That's just remarkable. Yeah. So, yeah. The, yeah. so the thing, I, the thing I would say about that is that, um, I mean, the, the best lesson for people to learn is that you're making your money when you buy the property. Right. And, and that's, what's so key is like people, you have to buy the property correctly. Mm-hmm. And and that can, that gets into your goals, right? Because, uh, you know, you could be buying the property as a live-in flip where you're going to go in and live in it for quite a while and just do the work yourself. And that right. allows you to buy it for more. Mm-hmm. You could be buying it. At, for me, I buy it as an investor. I yeah. buy it. I don't do the work. I have a team. I have contractors that do the work and stuff. So I have to buy it a little lower, but there's a whole range of like, but uh, the key is that you have to buy it correctly and mm-hmm. you, you make your money when you buy it. Yeah. Agree a hundred percent. So when you started, do you just have your fingers all over the place in the city and you've got multiple different resources kind of keeping um, their eyes out or are you tapped in? Do you, are you licensed? Do you, um, are you no. tapped into the MLS? Okay. Do you knock on doors? Do you just kind no. of scour areas? No. How so, do you find your properties? Yeah. Um, it's a good question because it, and it's probably changed over the years, but I would say the the best way that I have found properties are two ways. One is wholesalers. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other is, uh, kind of word of mouth. Um, when I, when I first started buying, I actually, uh, bought my first, I think five or six properties off Mm -hmm. online auctions. Okay. Um, but, but that as the market, you know, spikes and got crazy, uh, that those opportunities went away then, you know, um, yeah, so most, and, and, and we've done some deals direct with sellers, just kind of marketing to sellers, things like that too, mm-hmm. and, you know? Mm-hmm. So have you, um, in the time you've been investing, have you kind of built your own little investment pool of people? Like you've got a back pocket of people that want to be in on a investment opportunity with you, meaning yeah, uh, money, like finance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How did you build that out? People get they're lost on that. I find like, well, where where do you find the people? (laughs) Yeah. So so I'll say so. The first deal I did was uh, was a property that I uh, had actually went to a bank for. Mm -hmm. So it was a single family home. Bought it online. used a local bank and I went, I did, I'll say use local banks. Don't use Wells Fargo, us bank. Don't agree. hundred percent. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Use local banks, credit unions might credit be good too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I financed 75% of the purchase price plus the repairs with the bank. Mm-hmm. And then I went out to friends and family is where I started mm-hmm. and found somebody that would, uh, give me the other 25%. Mm-hmm. Good and, and so, yeah, so I had no money in the deal. And I think on that first deal, 
I made maybe seven thousand dollars. I didn't I didn't make a lot of money. Right. But for me, uh I got I got paid seven thousand dollars to learn mm-hmm. to, to go to co- to go to college and within yeah. a hands-on way. Mm-hmm. So very cool. a pretty good deal. Yeah. So now today, 2023, what's your vision with this business you've built? What is your creme brulee? Like, what does it look like for you if you play out the next five, 10 years? Yeah. So I have 32 doors units now. Uh, I'd like to get that up to at least 45 units. I think at 45, I can bring on a full time, well, kind of part time, but exclusive property manager. And so I won't have to do anything with it. Right. Um, And then uh, maybe do one or two flips a year and then spend the rest of the time traveling around and just having, enjoying my wife. Yeah. Good for you. So where do you want to travel? Oh, man. Chile, Galapagos, um, Iceland, Mm -hmm. Thailand. Yeah. Tons of places. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. 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 I've only met Maddie. How many kids do you have? Uh, we have three, uh, three really pretty amazing daughters. Um, they're all like Maddie, intelligent, whip smart, just driven, kind of self-driven. Um, you know, our uh, so Maddie is like, you know her, but she's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you you give her something to do, and she's going to do it the best. In I mean, she's really incredible that way, and yeah, she's got a great she really vision. Is. She's got great design vision. She mm-hmm. had, I mean, she's really a motivated, sharp young lady. And then uh, our other daughter works in uh, live event production and she's oh, wow. killing it in that as well. And she's doing really well. And then our youngest is over in the Netherlands. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. And she's been, uh, she's at a university there full time. So she's, this is, she's going, finishing her second year. How there. impressive. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. You're uh, in meeting Maddie. I was such a blessing. I just have to do a shout out. This was a referral um, with a mutual friend and mm-hmm. he totally, when we met Maddie, we knew that was a, just a diamond. Um, such a blessing to have her uh, on the team. Such a great That's opportunity awesome. to be able to work with her and her, um, you're absolutely right. Her vision and her ability, just like you, um, uh, multifaceted, she's going to have a tremendous, tremendous career in the business of real estate. And we're just super lucky to have her on board. Oh, uh, well, awesome. she's, I know she is super, super excited to be working with you and just sees that opportunity and just kick some butt. So yeah, it's going to be fun. And you know, it'll be fun to watch and get to learn more about what you're doing. And I know yeah. she's super excited to find you some real estate. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You may find all awesome for you. So yeah. um, on our parting words, Joe, do you have any advice? Um, we could ramble for, I could talk to you for hours about this. Subject, yeah. But, yeah. But- uh, would any parting advice to those that are maybe dipping their toe in the water of investing? Yeah. Dive in, just take action. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is yet like, take action, make, make offers. Mm-hmm. When I, when I am uh, like when I'm done and I have nothing on my plate and I'm like, Hey, I, I need something. The the thing I do is I, I just make offers and it doesn't matter. I'm, you can make 10, 20, 
30, 40, 50 offers, yeah. but make the off, make the offers. There's no harm in making offers. You're damn right on that. I mean, if you don't try everybody, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. You got to jump yeah. in and just rip that bandaid off is what I always say. If you don't yes. ask, you don't receive. That's right. And yep. on that note, Joe shock, thank you so much. We're definitely going to have you on again. As soon as you uh, find that next investment opportunity, we want to hear the story. Awesome. Sounds great, Carrie Ann. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. We'll see you next time, everybody, on Fly the Coop. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Fly the Coop. Be sure you subscribe to the show and leave us a review. I sure would appreciate it. We'll see you next time in the coop.